One day, when this life is over, we'll be where he is. No more crying, no more dying, no more suffering in these old bodies. One day, we shall be where you are. Let the church say amen. Amen. First, giving honor to our Lord and the Savior Jesus Christ, to Pastor Minor, and I would like to say personally, Pastor, thank you for acknowledging uh, the veterans of Macedonia. Uh, let's think about my uh, own family, my, bro my uncle. He died from Agent Orange serving this country. But they didn't treat them right when they came back. They treat them like animals. That's right. But thank God for you, Pastor Minor, and Sister Winham, for what you just did. To all the ministers, to all the deacons, trustees, members, and friends, to my wife, and to all you, we greet you again in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let us look to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we stand here once again in your presence, thanking you for all that you have done and continue to do for each and every one of us. Lord, the hour has come where the mantle has fallen upon me. Lord, I ask you now to hide me behind the cross. Cause them not to see me, but to see you. And all that's said and spoken from this sacred desk this morning that it might be planted into the cultivated pines of their mind, that it might spring up joy and happiness and yes. pleasure within each and every one of us, that we might see ourselves and come saying, what must I do to be saved? And if we already say, Lord, we'll say, thank you, thank you, and thank you. In the name of Jesus, we pray, and for his sake, amen. I'd like to draw your attention to the 139th number of songs. I'll be reading from the uh, King James Version, verses 13 and 14. For thou hast possessed my reign, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works and that thy soul knoweth right well. The Book of Songs is a collection of poetry largely consisting of prayers and songs of praise in God, encouraging faith or giving a voice to human emotion like sorrow, fear, and joy. David wrote some 75 to 80 songs. Here David writes out of the experience with God that he had. Most scholars do not give a specific incident that caused David to write this particular song, but just to name a few things that could have been going through David's mind at that time as it relates partially to our Sunday school lesson this morning, the death of, the death of Bathsheba's husband, Uriah, or the death of the child that he conceived in adulterous affair, or, his, or him being chased by Saul, and not only he saw his own son, saw his life. 
or it might have been a reflection of his life experiences with God. I'm not sure that no scholar can declare exactly what it was. But David do highlight a couple of things in this particular song. He highlights God's attributes, and he highlights that he's a sinner. He denotes in God, in his attributes, he denotes God's omnipotence. Yes, God is all-knowing. He denotes God is omnipresent. God is everywhere. And he denotes God's omnipotent. God is all-powerful. For a disclaimer here, I would like to say there might be some swelling this morning. There might be some bruising that might take place. There might be some cutting and shedding of blood by the time this sermon is over. David writes, from this 139th number of song, again reading from verse 13 and 14 from the Advised Standard Version. For it was you who created my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you because I have been fearfully and wonderfully made. From this particular text, if we had to put a theme to it this morning, it would be a Cosmetic flaw. A cosmetic flaw. In the Hebrew, fearfully means with great reverence and love, God created each and every one of us. God takes a, 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 a full-hearted interest in everything he created. As it relates to wonderful, it, it means God said that you are unique. And he set each and every one of the part for his purpose. You and I are the image bearers of God in this world. Because, God, because we are God's image bearers, are we saying God did a botch job when he created you and I? Some of you are familiar with the TV show called Botch where they go in and they, they recorrect plastic surgery that had been done by someone. The renowned doctors, the plastic surgeon on that show is called Paul and Terry. They, they go in and reverse damage of the original procedure that was done by a plastic surgeon, be it whatever it might be that you might go in to get fixed or corrected or whatever the case might be. Unfortunately, most of the time when people go in to get enhancement, it's for pleasure. It's for, it's for pleasure. It's for, it's, it's for things other than to benefit the plastic that you was made by God. It's always for something negative and nothing positive. We want it for attention and everything else. We like that attention that we get when they do what they do to your body to make it look a whole much better. But God said you was fearfully and wonderfully made. Cosmetic, it involved, it involved relating to the treatment intended to restore or improve a person's appearance. In the process of being taking place with plastic surgery, I would like to denote two things that are done by the plastic surgeon when he's about to do a procedure. One of the things that the doctor does when he goes in to do a procedure, he does what's called a mock-up. Come on, surgeon. A mock-up. Mark yeah. 
The doctor marks up what area is going to be cut on or cut away. The doctor also does what he's called a digital enhanced image of what he's going to do. And when he does that, he shows you this is how you're going to look after the procedure is done. Don't you like what you see? That's what he says to you. But I want to tell you something this morning. All of us been, all of mankind has been marked up. It was by sin that each and every one of us was marked up today. Sin was, was put on us because of the act of disobedience by the first man, Adam. And because of that reason, we all have been marked up. Jeremiah in the advised standard version says it from this way in 18 and 14. He says, but the pot he was shaping from clay was marred in his hand. So the pot had formed it into another pot, shaping it as it seemed best for him. David goes on as he begins his song to outline why he said that he was fearful and wonderfully made. He starts by saying, oh Lord, he noticed something. It was God and God by himself. He gave reverence to the person that he knows that created him and not he himself. He gave all credence and all credit to the true and living God. He said, oh Lord, thou knoweth me. And knoweth, and that have searched me and knoweth me. That have thoroughly investigated me from the top of my head to the sole of my feet. Come on, come on, come on. You know who I am. Yes, he goes on in the New Testament and he says to us, he said, I even know the number of hairs on your head this morning. That's what he said. He said, I know you. I know everything about you. Everything I know about you. Everything you think you don't know, he know about you and I. He goes on to say, I even foreknew you before you was born. When you were just a spirit and a soul floating in the atmosphere, he said, I had, I, I had you in mind before I created you. That's what he said. I know you. I know everything about you that can be known about you. I know it. I am the God, the Lord Almighty. He knows it. I declare he knows it. No matter what we try to hide, he knows it all. He goes on to say as he continues in this, in this, from the first to the sixth verse, God, he, uh, David outlined God omnipotent but his all-knowing. He says, you know our sitting down. You know our rising up. You know all my physical actions, no matter what they are. You know when I get up, you know when I lay down. You know all my physical actions. He said, you even know my thoughts are far off. You perceive them. You discern them. Even before they come in my mind, you know what they're going to be. You know what they are. You scrutinize my path. You have set a path before me, but I get off the, the path so often that I don't even know where I'm going sometimes. But he said, I scrutinize the very path of your life, but you just won't listen to me. You won't follow where I lead you. You won't go where I send you. You just off the path, running your mark around this world. You know my lying down. You're acquainted with all my ways. 
You familiar with every part of me. You familiar with everything about me. Even the person that you sleep in the bed with, you don't know you like God know you. Even the person that you're closest to, you don't know you like God know you. He said, I am familiar with every aspect of who you are. I know you from all of from the end to end, from top to bottom. I know you, I know you, I know you. That's what he's saying to us this morning. He said, I know you. He said, I even know the words in your mouth before they even form. I know what you're going to speak before they even come out of your mouth. David goes on and says, oh, Lord, I, if I just didn't know, you know it all. So it's infinite knowledge is too wonderful for me to know. It's too high for me to know. And I can't even reach that level, but you know it all, God. You know it all. You know whatever it is. You know it about me. You know it about us. You know it all. You know it all. That's why he's omnipotent, because God knows it all. He goes on to say in that seventh verse, as he he says, he asked a question. David said, where can I go from that spirit? Or where can I flee from that presence? He denotes here his omnipresence. He said, if I go to heaven, you are there. If I go to Shiloh or Shehal, you are there. I'll go to hell. Guess what? You right there beside me. If I take the wings of the dawn, you're right there flying along with me. If I make my dwelling place in the uttermost parts of the sea, guess what? You right there with me. If I say, surely the darkness will cover me, the night will be only light around me. Around me. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night shines as bright as the day, and darkness is light alike unto you. Darkness and light are just alike to you. No matter where I go from your presence, guess what? You are there. You are right there by my side. Even though I might reject you, even though I don't want you by my side, guess what? You are right there with me, even though I don't want you there. David was telling us, David was telling us, trying to let us know that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. He goes on to conclude that his third and his third attribute, he says he's omnipotent. Just like the plastic surgeon who thinks he's God. He can identify a flaw. He can identify what's unattractive. He can tell you what's unsatisfactory about your body, but he can't tell you what's unsatisfactory about your character. He can fix everything up, but he can't fix your character. No matter what he do, he can cut this, he can cut that, he can tuck this, he can pull up that, but he can't fix your character. No matter what he do, he can't fix your character. Only one person can fix your character, and that's God Almighty. That's God Almighty. He's the only one to change a man's heart and fix him and make him right again. He's the only one that can do that. Come on, sir. Yes, sir. Let him use you. Let him use you. Yeah. <laughs> He goes on to say in that 15th verse as he talked about God's omnipotent, he said, my substance was not hid from thee. He said, nothing about you was hid from me from the, from the, from the, it was all, it was when I formed you in secret, 
Even the small details about you, God says, I know every intricate part about you and all the curious things about you, I know what was wrapped in you. You were like a knitted quilt that I put together in your mother's womb. I knitted you together like nobody else could knit you together. I put everything where it's supposed to be. And no matter how the doctor cut it, can't you see the amazement of God? It goes right back to what he put together when he put it together in the beginning. Your eyes saw my uninformed substance. In the book of life, you wrote my, you in the book of, um, in the book of life, all my days were set before you. They were written. How precious and weighty are, are, are also are your thoughts to me. Oh God, David was saying, you know everything about everything. You are all powerful, but you are the true and living God. Then if I can only count them. If I only can count what I know you have done, if I only can count what I know you have seen you do, what I can only count the ways that you have protected me, if I can only count all that you do for me every day, if I ever can do it, if all I can do is just count the number of sands on the ground can never add up to what all he does for you and I. But then David says something and he closed that in that 18th verse, he says, but when I awoke, even on my deathbed. You were still there with me, standing right by my side. You was there at my time of departure. You held my hand as I left this world to go into the next world. You was there with me, all the way from heaven to earth. You've always been there. You always will be with me. But then God offers a warning to us. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2. For in the last days, men shall, uh, men shall be lovers of themselves. And if we're honest with ourselves this morning, men have definitely become lovers of themselves. Everything that they do is for their own pleasure, for their own tension, and for their own praise. No matter what they do about anything in life, it's to benefit their own benefit. It's never about what God wants. It's about what he wants and what man's wants. But God goes on to offer another warning in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. He says, God is quick and powerful than any two-edged sword, piercing, dividing asunder the soul and spirit, even the joints and marrow and discerner of the thoughts and intents of your heart. So God knows every intimate part about you and I. He even knows the joints and marrow of our body. He knows it all. And you can't get away from him. No matter how you try to, you can't get away from him. But God also offers some encouragement to us today. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 29, to paraphrase, he says, I can be a comforter, I can, I can be conformed, to the image of Christ. He's saying you can be conformed to the image of Christ this morning. In Hebrews chapter 1, chapter, verse 3, he said, The raiment of the glory of God is exactly imprinted of his nature on each and every one of us. God left his handprint on each and every one of us if we accept the fact that he created us and not we ourselves. The image of God is in us. It, it was not wiped out but it was no longer could be, be as, as perfectly made as it was because of sin. Yes, 
Humanity is a mirror designed to reflect the image of the creator. But with the fall of mankind, the mirror that was horrendously marred as its reflected capacity largely spoiled was changed. So I go back to the second point that we said that the, that the, that the plastic surgeon liked to talk about that digital enhanced image of yourself. If you want to see a digital enhanced image of yourself this morning, let me tell you how you can get there. You can believe that Jesus Christ came born of a virgin. That he tabernacled here some 33 years. And he walked the earth doing good about humanity. And one day he took up an old Roman cross. And he went to a hill called Calvary. And allowed him to put nails in his hands and ribbons in his feet. And they pierced him in his side. They put a crown of thrones on his head. And he hung there to the locks of his shoulders. He hung there from the sixth to the ninth hour. And he gave up the gold. And he said, it's finished. It's all done. And they took him down off that cross and they put him in the heart of the earth. He stayed there for three days and three nights. But early Sunday morning, he got up that you might have a right to the tree of life. That's the different image I want to see. I want to see him for myself. I want to stand before him and see him for myself. And when I see him, I can say hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I told you in the outset of disclaimer there was going to be some swelling. The swelling is from the effects of pride and sin. The bruising is where I keep pulling away from God and I don't want him to guide me and lead me. The cutting is because God is trying to take out that old nature. He's trying to take out that stony heart. But just like the songwriter said, Jesus paid it all. He said the blood that I might have a right to the tree of life. If you want to get saved today, give it up. Give it up to the Lord. Amen. Please stand to your feet. The door to the church is open. Amen. You know what I like about God most is that even though he knows who I am, he knows what I've done, yet he still loves me. He still loves me. This is the interesting thing about the love of God. The love of God is about a decision that God made concerning me. And it's made not predicated on how I perform. God decides to love me in spite of myself. And that's what he does for you. He, he loves you in spite of who you are and what you've done. If you're out there right now and you're without Christ, we offer Christ to you this morning. Here, here, here's an opportunity for you to get a brand new start. Here's an opportunity for you to have your slate wiped clean. Because when God comes into your life and he saves you, he takes all of your sin and he casts them into the sea of forgetfulness and he remembers them no more. Understand, this is all about his love package that he has for us. Is there one that will come and give their lives to Christ? Maybe you're looking for a church home. I recommend this one. 
We offer Christ to you today. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Did not our hearts burn when the man of God proclaimed the gospel? What a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful message. Because, you know, we need to be reminded that God sees everything. Amen. He does. He sees everything. He knows everything about you. Oh, hallelujah. But he still loves us in spite of ourselves. Grateful to God, but we just thank and praise God. Amen. We're going to go ahead and get out of here because we got to be back at uh, First Glory at 3 o'clock. We want to have you, give you a chance to go get you something to eat. Uh, we're going to ask now that Reverend Bennett will come back and give us our benediction and our dismissal, our prayer and benediction. Give all God, give God the praise. Let us stand. Before I before I give the prayer and the benediction, I I just want to give you one other footnote to think about. While you're standing, reach in your pocket. We did not take an offering. I'm, I didn't preach today. That's right. So we're going to take an offering for this, this preacher. Thank you. We're going to ask you to come from the rear of the church around and bring your offering to Reverend Bennett.
Let us pray. Eternal God, our Father, we come once more and again to thank you for your goodness, your mercy, and your grace. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for the message we just heard and the messenger. We ask, Father God, that you would continue to bless him and his studies because we continue to ask him to bless the word as, it is applied, as we apply it to our hearts. Bless this offering that we, that we have given. Bless the love that we have shared. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Again, once again, thank you for your listening ears. Hopefully something that said that was beneficial to your spirit. Let us stand. I just want to leave you with one other footnote again before we give uh, the benediction. We know at the end of 2019, the beginning of 2020, the pandemic hit the whole world. But on August the 20th, the National Surgery Institute published this information. Plastic surgeons earn during the year 2020, $44.75 billion. In 2021, the plastic surgery industry earned $48.76 billion. And in 2022, they earned some $49 billion, trying to make, trying to create pleasure and everything else, but not seeking after God. Let us look to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we say thank you for all that our hearts and ears have heard. 